amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to How Preschool Teachers Do It. This is Allison Kentos. I am an early childhood educator. And this is Cindy Tarabush. I am an early childhood consultant. This podcast is for parents and early childhood professionals. Let our experience and research-based knowledge become your guide. Hi, preschool peeps. Hi, peeps. Allison and I are really excited to do this episode and the next episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which are sort of adjacent to each other. They're sort of uh, marginally related. Yeah. Uh, there, there are certain cognitive biases, thought process biases that are occurring in our society. And people are thinking, uh-oh, are they going to get controversial? No, we're really not. No, uh, no. <laughs> these are a different type of bias. <laughs> Ones you would never think are happening, but are every day. <laughs> so we, <laughs> the ones that are not going to make you angry, just make you go, huh? So, or make you be like, oh yeah, these. I totally do that. <laughs> yes. So stick with us. We're not yeah. going to that place. Yeah. That place. Yeah. <laughs> the title might tell you today what today's cognitive bias has to do with. It has to do with learning or Googling. Yeah. Which yeah <laughs> notice i didn't say learning and googling so here's no. the thing there's there's, <laughs> there's a, a cognitive bias taking place in our society that uh some people are calling the google effect some people call it the digital effect yeah. uh, there's a couple of different names for it personally i like the google effect because i think it speaks well, to what's happening everybody, everybody knows google yeah and the you it's like a now or not a noun. it's a verb now just go google it you know what i mean everybody uses it so. i use it a, all different parts like of speech. every day like but, yeah uh, that's true right? all, sorts of all sorts of ways um <laughs> yeah. here's what the here's what that effect that cognitive bias is that we in i and correct me if i'm wrong here allison we were both researching this yeah. if i encounter new information and, and I understand sort of subconsciously that I can just look this up anytime, then my brain throws it out. It decides there's no reason to learn this, remember it, make yeah, it a part kind of, like, of my internal knowledge. There's no reason to, because I can find you know, it online. And this is yeah, it's like, why bother? Consciously, right? <laughs> yeah. Why bother? It's almost like maybe your brain says, why bother? vacating any space to store that information when there's no need to it's just always available so we'll save that space for something we actually might need you know so i totally understand my husband now who <laughs> <Do> <laughs> <you>? <laughs> as much as one person can 
Um, yes. I, I, he, he will dredge up random facts that he learned many years ago. But I think not since the digital impact or the Google effect or whatever you want to call it, his, his random facts are like, we go, what? How do you even <laughs> know or remember that? Because it's stuff we did store. Mm -hmm. And before we started recording, Allison and I were laughing this. Allison made a great point about telephone numbers. Go ahead, mm -hmm. Allison. <laughs> when I was a kid, I would memorize everybody's telephone number. So I could easily just pick up the phone at any moment, call somebody and know I was getting the right person. I had it all up here. I mean, it was like a, a Rolodex up here. Or Me too. I, okay, knew like I knew number. everybody's phone number, right? And even like my mom would be like, oh, you should memorize these numbers because if you're out and you're lost or you need us, yes. there's an emergency, you'll just have it. You don't need it. You know? So it was like this thing, you would memorize these numbers. But now we have these things we carry around all day, these cell phones that store all the phone numbers in there for us. And I don't have anyone's number memorized at all ever again but can still remember my grandma's phone number she hasn't lived there in like 20 years the, from when the, I was a kid. there you go yeah. i remember phone numbers from my childhood i yeah. don't know my own son's phone numbers by heart i have to look them up on my phone i know my really? husband's yeah because I just, I speed dial them or whatever it's speed called. It's not them. called speed dial anymore. <laughs> I just, We're like full of old fashioned tricks today, guys. <laughs> the Rolodex, the speed I just, dial. I just touched <laughs> their little this. pictures on my phone. You um, touch pictures on yours? Mine, I, well, you have a better phone than I do. <laughs> I have the same one. I just go to them in my contact list and touch it. I don't need their numbers anymore unless there's, there's something no specific. But I know my husband's number because I do sometimes have to put that on things. So that oh, one I've yeah, memorized. Like when you're it's filling like, out, like forms my stuff. brain yeah. must have decided that this is a number I need to have at my fingertips because I sometimes have to put my husband's numbers on things. You know, I'm, I do a certain kind of work. He does a different kind of work. So I will have to, I will sometimes do for him. Like I will call and make appointments for him or I will, yeah. and I need his phone number for that. So my brain has decided Todd's number is something I need to know, but my kid's number, no, <laughs> just throw that on out. You don't need to know that. You just click on the thing. You're right though, because I, I had an appointment this morning and I had to fill out forms. It was like, in case of emergency, I always put my mom and every single time I put her phone number down, I know the last seven digits of it, but I always like, and we live in a state, other people might not know this because some states have one area code, but in oh, our state, here. we have several. Okay. And so I always have to look up and like, but what area code is her cell phone? Like I know the last and I, every single time I'm like, is it a 201 or is it a 973? I don't know. You know, and every time I had to look it up, every time I'm like, you know that <laughs> every time. And I, but I still am like, but do I, <laughs> you know, and it's just so easy to look up. Why bother? <laughs> so let's bring it around to kids, right? If our, mm -hmm. if subconsciously we have this bias where our brains are picking through information without us knowing it to decide what needs to be stored in there and what doesn't, because we could look it up on the internet. If our brains are subconsciously making this decision, I think the question is, what's our impact on young children when we're teaching them? If I'm providing them with 
endless hours of information that their brains are going to naturally start to sort into. You should remember this. You don't need to remember this because you could look this up. Then how should I be spending my time with young children? I should just pause right there and let people ponder that. We need like some music. Here's some pondering music. (laughs) Yes. Because if we are still teaching like we did 30 years ago before, am I right? That it may not be before all this existed. Yeah, probably is. But if we're still teaching in ways that we needed to before all this digitalness existed, the question is why? The kids will know that they can look it up. You know, I do not get up every morning and run to a calendar to look at the date. If I need to know the date, I look at, literally look digitally. I look at my computer. I look at my phone. I look at my watch. I'm looking digitally. Um, If there are other things where I'm thinking, I don't do it the way that I did maybe 30 years ago. I do it digitally instead. I, I just don't like, need to remember as much well, stuff. You ever see, I guess it's a, a meme on social media where it's like, how many of these things do you still have in your house? And one of those things is takeout menus, right? Okay, because I, I feel because you don't need to. You don't You're need right. to. I think that's like one of those things you just do, you look things up like that digitally. If I want to find out what the menu is at a restaurant I looked it up digitally if I want to find out you can even find out where things are certain aisles at like Walmart say like if you like just I've also done that where I've looked for products like okay it's in like aisle (laughs) H28 it's it's in stock and now I can go to the store why am I going to waste my time driving there and looking around the store when I could just look all that up it's like there's so much that's just there in your fingertips has changed I think everything we've done you know, like just your okay, normal so routines are different. Think about teaching kids now. Mm-hmm. You know, I come from a world <laughs> where we in our math class were not allowed to use calculators. That is that's not reality I know. We were there. anymore. We were there. It's not the way it is anymore. And we weren't allowed to look things up on a computer to put them in a report when I was a student. And now that my we college students didn't have computers. Well, that's a valid point. But once we did, <laughs> when I was in college, once we could sort of look things up, we were told, no, you need to well, go because- to the library. You need to look in books and periodicals. Mm-hmm. And then it just sort of took over. And now my college students mm-hmm all of their references are coming from the internet and that's perfectly fine because that's where it lives. So if the facts and information that, that is, that are accessible digitally lives there. And again, I'm going to go back to it. The children's brains will sort just like ours are now sorting the phone numbers that we need and don't need. If their brains are going to sort and go, okay, you, Boom, to kick that information out the brain. You don't need to store that in here. You can look that up. And or they'll take another piece of information to go, oh, oh, that has to stay. Here's what I'm going to propose to you. There are certain bits of information that they can't look up on the internet. Their self-value, their worth mm-hmm. in this world, their own imagination, yeah. their own inventiveness. Um, 
their their what else, Allison? They're, they're we said it before. Oh, they're I think like their ability to use this information in the right way needs to be taught. Their abilities, you, period. How do you research and make sure that what you are finding on the Google is accurate information? How do like you research? How do you research? I think once you're like, you could learn that from an early age. Like, I think most people are like, oh yeah, but that doesn't come until high school age. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it comes like way back here, this is when it starts. You could teach children how to research things. I think that they can early look up, on, and then how about this? They can look up how to research, but they can't look up how to be particular about what they find. They can't how look are up they how sorting to, to know how to know what, is yeah. this is this a reputable source? So maybe right. that's something. That's what I'm saying. Them. Is like is, how do you right. know it's coming from the right sources? Yeah. Is this reputable? Is this what you are reading unbiased? Is this mm -hmm. something that we can hang our hat on? Those are things we need to teach kids, right? Yeah. What you're looking at, how to think about it. So it really is the problem solving, self-esteem, critical mm -hmm. thinking and process skills that we yeah. have to be focusing on because folks, their brains are gonna kick out the stuff they can look at online. Right. So it's like, why are schools using the time for that? They need when to they be. Should be using it, but they're not. They're not. They're. They're not. They need changing. to. They're yeah. not <laughs> fast enough. They need not to be taught enough, yeah. to read so that they can read the information mm -hmm. online that they yeah. need. Right. They need yeah. to be taught math so that they know how to take information that they find online and calculate. Right. And how to use Although it, they yeah. can use a calculator, like. But they need to understand. Yeah, but you need to know how to input. I think you need the, to know how to apply some of these how to, things. Like how to apply it. But what if the calculator yeah. breaks? Like I'm going to still need to do right. my my bills, maybe. So you know, right. but whatever. there's buttons on that calculator that things. even yeah, that even I don't know how to use because I don't know the math behind those buttons. So I think like you need to know how You're to right. what those buttons mean in order to apply them on the calculator. You know, You're 100 percent right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're right. I, there are buttons I don't use because I don't even understand. I don't them. even know what it means. Yeah. When you get I, into that scientific I, calculator. I have no idea. I, I <laughs> yeah. also, and I this also, is coming from people who you like, like we weren't allowed to use calculators in our math class. True. So that makes sense, See, right? That's a problem. <laughs> okay. I, I, um, I also would love it if when I went into a store, if their technology was down, if they could still give me change. Okay. I would really oh, like yes. that. Yeah. If they still understood yeah. how to add up what I'm buying yeah. or something. Yeah. Basically, I would, you I would only need to know that. how to add up to a hundred in order to you, give change. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> you to, so you need the math, you need and subtract. The reading, you need to right? add and subtract. Yeah. So you need the math, skills. you need the yeah. reading, you need the socialization, the social emotional mm -hmm. skills, the cognitive yeah. skills, but there's so much that we're still kind of trying to zip kids' brains in and stuff in there that the brains are not going to retain because the brain itself is going to be like, nope, that's digitally available. Thank you. We don't need to put that in here. Or what if the opposite happens for some people? Like your husband, for instance, who has all these useless information <laughs> facts, right? So what if you are filling this person's brain up with these facts 
And then all the, the self-esteem and all that stuff, that cognitive stuff, that problem-solving stuff, their brain's like, oh, well, we'd rather have these cool, interesting facts. So let's get rid of all that stuff because we need to make space. And now you have a person who has all this useless, great trivia person, you know, <laughs> but no way to problem solve because the brain's like, wait, I don't, I don't know what to keep here. So that's the newest info. We'll keep that. Let's get rid of the problem solving, creativity, self-esteem, imagination stuff. What if uh, there's probably some people's brains that do that without realizing it. And now you have the wrong stuff saved up here. Well, my husband is more like, I know this um, useless trivia from many, many years ago, but I don't remember what you said to me 15 minutes ago. That's my husband. I, I think that, you know, there's a difference between discussing information with children and hammering away at it. Right. 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 I also think like, like for me, like I have in my brain, a bunch of facts about animals usually, but I'm really, really interested in animals. So therefore my brain's like, oh, she's interested in this. She's going to keep this, even though nobody on the planet cares about woodpeckers eyelids or anything like that. I know that stuff, but my brain's like, she likes that. So let's keep that. She's interested in that topic. So we're going to keep that. We always talk about starting with what children are interested in. And bouncing yeah. off of that. And when you're bouncing off of that, really concentrate on the things that they can't find on the internet. Am I going to, let's say a child is very interested in animals. Am I going to teach them things about animals, show them nonfiction books about animals, talk about the facts that I'm sure, but they, they, we need to recognize that this is something they can look up on the internet. They can revisit sure. this really easily. Their brains know that. I don't have to go back two weeks later and say, hey, do you remember that fact I taught you about owls? They don't have to. They, they have can to. go they and Google it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope that this episode gives people a chance to think about what am I focusing on here and what information am I trying to get to stick in these kids' brains that they will easily look up online? And so their brains are going to yeah. kick it out either now or not too long from now when these kids are on the internet which happens really young allison works in elementary school she can tell you how how young are these students on the internet they're in at the kindergarten they're in the internet yeah Yeah. learning to independently use the internet learning how to use the internet yeah the basics of it at least in kindergarten right Right. i i one time and this was had to be six years ago, I would assume. Six, no, maybe more. I keep discounting this like year and a half, two years that we were in the pandemic when I think about how many years ago. Because so maybe it, it was, count, it doesn't right? exist. I mean, so it, maybe yeah. it was like seven years ago, let's say, or so, that I walked into a classroom, a child asked me a question having to do with animals, ironically enough. And I didn't know the answer because I'm not the animal person that Allison is. And I looked at this child and I said, (laughs) I don't know. And this kid was like three years old, looked at me and said, well, Google it. And that was like seven years ago. Yeah. And I remember that brings me to a story of when I worked at the childcare center and we were doing a whole unit on animals. And there, one of the kids asked me a question of like, do monkeys swim? Can monkeys swim? And I was like, I don't know. So I actually took out my phone. I'm like, let's look it up. 
Well, Google it. They're that aware kind of, shows, of it. Yeah. 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 I was like, let's Google it. We don't know the answer. Let's figure it out, you know? And that's what we did. And then we knew the answer right away. And it showed like, oh, wow. I, first off, I don't need to know all the answers because it's right there, you know? And my teacher who's old also doesn't know all the answers, you know, but she has resources to give her the answers. Sure. And I've had very young children say to me, is your Google in your pocket? <laughs> Referring to my <laughs> smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that we have to recognize, you know, if we're, you're sitting out there saying, okay, but these kids aren't looking things up, that may be true, but their brain oh. knows that they yeah. can look it up because they're tell, asking me if my Google's in my pocket. Google works. Yeah. They are highly aware that we can find information in this magical place called the internet. Yeah. Which means their or, brains are probably now, already sorting this. They're probably already living with this digital or Google effect. There's also, which didn't exist in our time at all when we were kids, so there's, the, uh, the, it, there's those Alexas where yes. my niece will be like, Alexa, and just yes. shout out a question. And then the Alexa answers her. So there's not even a need to have a device. It's just, you don't have to like type it in. She just says, Alexa, I want to learn all about the dinosaurs or whatever. And all of a sudden, like, boom, Alexa's spouting off like dinosaur sources. And, and by the way, yeah. they say that young kids say that in yeah. classrooms now where there is no gadget. So they think that they these, think this voice yeah. is like everywhere. I have actually yeah. explained, I've actually explained to preschoolers that the voice is not in this room that it comes from a gadget in your house. And I've had told them to go home and ask their parents to show them where the voice comes from. So they think facts, this gen, this young generation, it isn't even maybe about Google. They think facts are just some disembodied voice in the air. Yes. But I also wonder if now, and this might be a topic for another episode is can they delay gratification? Because my niece, if she wants to dance to a song, she just goes, Alexa, play this song. Boom. It comes on. She dances. She's done. But if that doesn't work and she can't, she's in my house, which there is no Alexa in my house, you know? So, and they, she gets frustrated that she can't get immediately what she wants. All right. So I'm going to propose to you as a preview to maybe that future episode, I'm going to propose to you that none of us can delay gratification and it doesn't even matter what generation we were brought up in. And I'm just going to leave that right there. I'm writing it down. Okay. (laughs) But I I feel like we maybe could delay when we were kids more than say my niece. Maybe slightly, but we're not talking about a whole lot. And if you need evidence of that, (laughs) um, let's talk about uh, things like easy pass to get you through a toll plaza, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that maybe in a future episode, but not the next episode, because in the next episode, we have another cognitive bias to talk to you about people who work with raise and care about young children, something else for you to think about. So I hope you'll spend this week thinking about how does this digital slash Google effect that's happening without us even knowing in our brains impact where I need to emphasize my talk, my work, my purpose of having conversations with young children. And we're just going to kind of leave it right there, preschool peeps, I think. (laughs) If you have thoughts about this, you're welcome to go to our 
uh, website to the contact page. And when you do, you go on our website, you may see a new feature that we are building. We are building an area for members and it's happily not going to cost you anything. That wasn't the goal of doing this. Right. Uh, we wanted to help to create more of an interactive community. You know, we get a lot of contact information from those of you who are listening, but there isn't a lot of interaction between all of you. And we've been thinking long and hard, Allison and I, about how, do we, how can we do that? And we realized that we can have an area in our website that you can opt into if you would like that was yeah. the point for us that you can opt into it and in that area there will be things that the general website doesn't have and all you'll need to do once you log into it you go there i think on the upper right of the website it says log in and then you join and you'll have you'll set up your login and when you log in you're going to see some features on the website like a blog that we're going to start writing we just set it up so there aren't really yeah, articles so in there but go there now there's nothing there yet but but we are coming. working we <laughs> are working um on putting the norms the the behavioral norms for that blog in there we have some information in there but there's some things that alice and i are going to work on revising or updating or editing yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're going to find some other things in there so stick with us as we build that area of the website, but you can go on now and yeah. you can log into it and just take a peek preview at yeah. what is happening. And then I think once you sign up like that, it'll give you like a, an email update, like, oh, something new was added. So then I don't be, know. I think because when I signed up, it, it told me that something happened in there. Oh, <laughs> interesting. It emailed me and said, oh, this was updated. Oh, and you updated nice. the behavior code or whatever. Yeah. Nice. So, okay. yeah, I think I think that's the way it works. Or maybe it's a click a button saying I want notifications or something. But yeah. Nice. Okay. I so so if you want to be ready when we're ready, <laughs> which yeah. is going to be very soon, ready when mm -hmm. we're ready, go on to howpreschoolteachersdoit.com look for the login. I know that on my desktop, it's in the upper right. On a mobile device, it may be a little harder to find. I don't know, but but look, and if you're oh, having yeah. trouble, on go on to Facebook and send us a message so that we know that you've had trouble with it. Yeah. And we yeah. hope to see you there where we're gonna very shortly start blogging and you will be able to comment and write back and forth. It'll be like a discussion forum, I hope. Yeah, we hope. <laughs> okay. And then we you guys will, can network with each other. That's the goal. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. You, know, you guys will have each other too. Besides right. Jesus. Right. Yeah. Okay, folks, we will catch you next time on the podcast where we will be talking about another cognitive bias <laughs> that is not going to make you angry, I hope. <laughs> catch you like later on the podcast. Bye, peeps. Bye. Gotta laugh, right? Bye. <laughs>
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.